How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. Today is a big day, and I'm very excited to be bringing you guys the first terrifying top 10 of the Halloween season, or rather, a top 12. We've covered the Nightmare on Elm Street series, the Halloween series, and now it's time to finish the trifecta of slasher franchises. Today, we're going to be ranking every film in the Friday the 13th series from worst to first, and I can't wait to share the conversation with all of you. So we're going to get right to it, but first, if you guys haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and turn on notifications so you know when new episodes of the House of Horror come out, as well as give this video a thumbs up to help support the show. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please make sure you subscribe over there as well and leave me a rating and a review. So without further ado, we're going to get right to it, so now let's get spooky. everyone first top 10 of the year very excited about this episode we are completing the trifecta the big three talked about halloween our first year doing this last year we did nightmare on elm street and now it's time to tackle friday the 13th and of course i couldn't do this by myself so i had to have a very special guest on the show with me today ladies and gentlemen he's back Miles, the man behind the mask, Mandroid. What's going on, my guy? Could at least give me my proper name, Midnight Miles, but hey, what's up? When you said the big three, I was like, what are we doing? Paranormal activity tonight, bro? Fuck. I know you've been dying to do a top fucking list of paranormal activity. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen one of these days. Well... I just looked at my letterbox scores for all of them. I'll say, uh, that's going to be a real hard one for me, brother, you know? Uh, but not as hard as this list. Definitely not as hard. This has been hard for, this has been giving you great turmoil today. It has. Well, yeah. Well, even, even leading up to doing this, you know, I mean, obviously the most important podcast of my entire existence, you know? (laughs) You Uh, seem very thrilled to be here. No, I know I am. No, I got, I am. I am. Of course I am. We're, uh, we're getting into the spooky season. The spooky season is upon us, my dear friend. It's upon us. So, you know, look at that beautiful uh fall background on your excellent tv oh i need to set the mood i I, i'm gonna put some stuff on the chromecast we'll we'll set the tone real fast for this but how's everything been going my man it's been it's been a while since we've done one of these this is our first top 10 of the spooky season first podcast we've done together in a while um so yeah what's been going on bro I'm trying to think, what was the last one we did for your House of Horror? The last one we did that was just the two of us um, was when we talked about Scream and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like back in January or February. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. uh, Got a campfire going on the screen. The only thing that could have made recording this podcast better was actually doing it outside around the campfire. True. Um, we actually should. Well, the only problem with it, because I would love to do one outside. It's just the AC units outside are just so fucking loud. But like, no matter what time of year it is, keeps his house at a chilled sixty-six degrees. Probably. That's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> should be know. at six-six-six degrees. Oh bro. my god, sixty-six point six degrees. Um. Not much has been going on, man. Just trying to, you know, deal with how chaotic the world is. Uh, And, 
you know, just trying to not lose my fucking mind over, which I, you know that I do sometimes, I guess. But uh, we also have Midnight Mocha next to me. Uh, the good old boy is is with me. He's chilling. We're just shy of his 14th birthday on October 20th. So if anyone out there wants to wish uh, Midnight Mocha a happy birthday after they hear this, put it in the comments or on whatever, you know, Whatever you're gonna listen to, whatever buddy'll buddy'll uh, post it, you know. I mean, we'll splice a photo of Mocha in right now in the in the in the <laughs> video if you're watching it on the YouTube version. So give the uh, give the old man a shout out. How many of the Friday the Thirteenth films has Mocha watched with you? Mm, probably all of them. Probably all of them at some point. I feel like it's funny. The past year, I think I've watched the the remake two or three times. Not like it was like people were with me. They're like, "Oh, I never saw that," or "I want to watch this." And I'm like, "All right, I'll throw it on." And uh, I actually, it's spoiler alert. It's not going to rank super high on my list, but uh, I do have a pretty fond appreciation of the remake. Uh, I'll be curious to see where it falls on your list. I feel like our lists are going to be the same in some regards and wildly different in some regards. Um, but I guess to back up a little bit on this, um, and Miles is grabbing the beautiful box set of all the films, just I, as a quick reference here. I, uh, yeah, we're going to put it right in front of us. I also have this excellent fucking box set. You you didn't get the pre-order with the poster that came with the I custom box, right? Oh, no, I, I showed you that before, right? Yeah, you, They made those custom boxes. To, yeah. To, yeah, those huge ones. Uh, and you got the poster and all that But you shit. got the replacement discs, right? I did get the replacement discs. I have not ordered them. So, They're probably gone. They're probably... Um, I also have all of the Paramount Friday the 13th films on Blu-ray also. Right. All right, so I, I wasn't as quick to just lie. I was like, right, right, I have two copies of every Friday the 13th like, yeah. main film. Uh, I had another loose cop, not loose, I mean, it was in a case, but another copy of Friday the 13th Part 2. I think for a while there, Friday the 13th Part 2 was the film that I owned the most. On, like, I think you told formats. that story on one of our sequel podcasts. You said you had it on Blu-ray like multiple times. Yeah, I have, like, it, it, I actually think that I, I did. I sold that... Uh, when I was cleaning out, I sold that loose copy because I was like, I don't need three copies, you know. Next thing they're going to do, they're release on, uh, you 4K know, 4K, or... Ultra 4K or whatever, and I'll buy that in five years or whatever. But it's been good watching uh, some of them back. I'm not going to lie. Oh, God. Mocha, you're, I think your hair is going to my nose, brother. Mocha's sitting right on us. Mocha is a king right next to us on the couch. I mean, he's, he's vibing. He's vibing on the podcast. He might even uh, let you know what his Friday the 13th picks are, huh? Right, you buddy? might. You never know. Um, I did not get to rewatch every single one of them, and that kind of bums me out. I'm not gonna lie, but um, a couple years ago we went into the Halloween one, and that one came out pretty well considering I don't think I had seen any of the old Halloween films in at least a year or more. Right. But when we did that, I think for the Halloween one we didn't rewatch any of them really we just kind of went off of memory but last year when we did nightmare i think we both watched all the films and leading up to this one because i had the box set and it was brand new and everything got the replacement discs i have watched all of these like within the past year or so the uh um, the nightmare on elm street one i thought went really well because i did 
just rewatched, you know, like we talked about the whole series, like right as we were doing it. And my girlfriend, Midnight Marissa, shout out, um, watched all of those for the first time, like all the sequels. So those were very fresh. Um, and and still probably, I think I said on that podcast, the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels as a whole, the whole series, I've watched less than Halloween or Friday the 13th. So this one's going to be based more off of your instinct because out of the big three, I mean, it's no surprise these ones are your... These are my absolute favorite. I don't know why I gravitated to Friday the 13th. I think because as each individual film... You can kind of throw one on, and as long as you understand the most baseline, which a lot of them do recaps of, that Jason, you know, was drowned in the lake, drowning in the lake because the camp counselors weren't paying attention. His mother worked at the camp. Um, you know, he saw her beheaded and, you know, set him off on this basically vengeance, this killing spree. I mean, that's really all you have to know. One minute. One minute of that, and then you can just go into a Friday the 13th film. You know, you don't have, like, Halloween where it's like, okay, you're following the family. He's trying to get his sister. You know, he's trying to do this. Like, all these films where they kind of all have to fall in line together. As a horror fan, you could throw on, like I mentioned, Halloween 4, and it's fine because you know. But if I'm bringing, like I said... If Mid- there's no context going there's in. There's no it. context going in. Like, Midnight Marissa watched Nightmare on Elm Street's. If, if she didn't watch one, how would she understand three? You know what I mean? Or something like that. I mean, right. you might be able to enjoy it, but you're not going to, like, you're going to be like, who's this Nancy? You know what I mean? Like, right. it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to hold the same weight where the other night we watched, you know, Jason Takes Manhattan and right in the first five minutes, they talk about the urban legend basically, basically of, you know, Jason being out there because they're near uh, Camp Crystal Lake and boom, it gets into the, the story. Like, it's a good standalone story, some of these films, where I think that's why, I don't, not why I gravitated towards them, but they were easier to watch. And they also were probably the most fun of the, of the main three, in my opinion. See, I think, like me, when I was getting into horror, I don't know if it was, like, subconscious of that, but it, for me, it was almost completely, like, the exact opposite. Like, for me, I was interested in Michael Myers' story. I was more interested in Freddy's story, um, like, going film to film and stuff like that. Like, Friday the 13th, to me, like, when I, even when I was getting into film, it, like, lacked some sort of, like, substance, I guess? Like, like not even, it, like... It, it doesn't have... I mean, it, it doesn't have as much substance as the other franchises. I mean, that's not... You're on the nose with that. Um, and just, like, as a kid, like, these were the ones I gravitated towards the least, I guess. Maybe it's because because of that story element, I'm not sure. I mean, the only recurring character that we really get is Tommy Jarvis. And, I mean, in every film, it's a different person playing him. It's yes. not like Halloween where you see Laurie go through her arc. Or even with the Thorn trilogy, you see uh, Jamie Lloyd or whatever going yeah. through her stuff. Um but yeah, like as a, I mean, when I was younger, I watched all of them like at least once. But right. it wasn't like Halloween, where every day it's like, all right, which Halloween am I going to watch? Which Friday? Uh, which Nightmare on Elm Street am I going to watch? Right. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, that's how I felt back then. I mean, right now, I would still say out of the big three, Halloween is still my favorite. But the other two, it's kind of like a toss up because I would take. Nightmare films over some of the films in Friday the 13th and vice versa. I mean, I think you'd mentioned before in other conversations we've had that you feel that I'm not going to say the quality because that's pushing it, but 
maybe the consistency of the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, it, it doesn't dip, in my opinion, too, doesn't dip as much as, let's say, Nightmare on Elm Street or completely change from going from an actually like fairly terrifying imagery, body horror, uh, you know, gross-out effects into one-liners and Freddy and sunglasses by the end of the season. And and in less films than Friday the 13th, and technically in less films than Halloween. Right. Um, I mean, Friday definitely took over the 80s. Eight of the ten years of the 1980s, there was a Friday film that came out. I think the only ones that were missing was, like, 83 or 84 and 87. I can't remember which... 84... 84 was um, part four, wasn't it? 84 was part four, so 83 was the year there was not one. Because it was 1980, 81, 82, and then 84. Okay, and then 87, right. I don't think there was one either. I think that was the other gap. I wrote all the years down, but it's kind of like yeah, spread out. Yeah, I think you are right, because my notes. Um, New Blood comes out in 88. Yeah. And also, they were all released theatrically, which is uncommon. I mean, even, like, fucking Jason X and, like, all that stuff is in theaters. Yeah. I mean, all the all the Nightmare stuff is in theaters, too, but it's less films as yeah. well. Like, a lot less films, so. I mean, they really, uh, I mean... You kind of have to think maybe uh, Nightmare on Elm Street's success kept Jason in theaters as well because New Line ends up, you know, buying the rights and, you know, so that they can eventually do Freddy versus Jason. Right. Um, And, I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I definitely think that there's a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street influence in this because, I mean, up until the mid-'80s, it was pretty straightforward and then Freddy's taken over, and then all of a sudden, the Friday the 13th, so they sort of become a little more supernatural. Yeah, so. everything. I mean, really everything. Uh, well, the hard part of these things, too, just like with any franchise, it's like, what do you do once you get past four or five films? <laughs> I mean, look at in, a, in the modern era, where there are maybe less horror franchises or less horror franchises going the full distance, where... Uh, like the Marvel films, I mean, they reboot. They've rebooted so many of them, or done alternate things, or this or that, uh, because there's only, only you know the character can only survive so many. Insane Trust me, they've done it moments. enough. I mean, yeah. they, if there's anyone that knows how to make the same film multiple times, it's the Marvel films. Yes, exactly. Um, very successful, obviously, as anyone listening to the podcast knows. But uh, you know, at some point. They thought, oh, it's a good idea, and especially a box office draw, to call this the final one or to kill off the, you know, either the villain or the main, you know, right. character or whatever. And then they're like, oh shit, that made a hundred million dollars. We got to, we got to do another one, you know. Like, and so they just they have to find ways. Which I always thought, especially these '80s horror franchises, was very interesting to me because they weren't so safe sequel to sequel. Whereas we just mentioned Marvel, like. They have a pretty standard, not that there isn't a standard template for the Friday the 13th films, but there's there's stuff to me is pretty paint by the numbers a lot of time. They're not going to go into some crazy, you know, uh, arcs about, you know, Venom doing this or this or this or some of the more violent and graphic things. They're going to keep it, you know, they want to make the most money possible. Where like these, they're like, oh... Jason's going to go to space and then he's going to get fucking upgraded. Like, I'm like, all right, that's the shit that that's the creativity, quote unquote, that I want to see, you know? So So, what? So 
do you have a do you have an intro or anything before like an intro that you want to talk about more about the Friday Thirteenth? I mean, I know it's kind of what we're doing right now, but uh, uh, I mean, nothing that I haven't really said. I mean, I I rewatched all of them since getting the box set. As I mentioned, my opinions about some of them have changed a lot. And making this list for me, I I don't want to say it's difficult. Making the other top tens, I mean, this will be a, a top twelve because there's twelve films eventually that we're going to be talking about. But with Halloween, like, I knew which one was the best. I knew which one was the worst. Like, this one, I guess maybe because I don't have as much nostalgia for it, or just because a lot of them are pretty much a little similar. It's true. Um, it's harder for me to get an order on it. But it also, I, I guess at a point, I just kind of went with what my instinct was because I don't have as strong of feelings about any of them as I would with a Halloween thing like it's not like miles is gonna say oh i like this one more than this and i'm just be like are you nuts and like shit like that like i don't really have as strong opinions about these so it kind of made the ranking a little harder in some aspects but a little easier in different aspects because you know so apparently apparently i didn't save the note yes last night that i uh that i made for this list so i really am gonna be full on wing this oh Uh, my god (laughs) But that's that's okay. I mean, it's uh, you know, this is a showbiz, kids. Uh, Did you have extensive notes? No, 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 no. I'll be okay. You're, you're lucky that I uh, I know the uh, the topic fairly well. Um, I will say uh, we did talk about this prior as well. That I was going to come in with a shocking something shocking. I almost was going to come into this podcast and and tell you there is no way I can rank this franchise. I was going to listen to your rankings and then I was going to speak on each of the films. I was almost going to just completely <laughs> derail the off, entire thing. Derail it. I think it could have been interesting, but like this is really hard for me, you know, like I said, most serious this is my favorite uh one of my favorite film series. As dumb as that sounds probably to some of you listeners and things like that, but I think as far as pop, a popcorn flick, uh not even a guilty pleasure, but I guess almost feel good as messed up as that sounds the friday the 13th franchise (laughs) is that for me i mean honestly most of these rankings could flip flop on any given day any mood i know i've said that in the other ones but i mean i really mean this in this this one was really hard for me to rank and honestly i could probably watch them all in another week again and i probably would flip a couple of them like probably at least the first six or seven films could all be flipped like it's gonna be very hard i will i will explain and i'm gonna stand by my ranking but definitely this is gonna be a tough one for me so this is miles's favorite friday the 13th as of now as of now literally by the time this podcast comes out it could be completely different uh get back at me but uh i did have some notes so you uh I might, you know, I might have to feed off you a little bit on this, but I think that the two of us can pull it off. Okay. Whatever you think. I'm going to crack open my beer on that note. I got some zombie dust because Jason is a zombie. So I I wanted a spooky beer. I was hoping they'd have one with, like, a hockey mask or something on it, but I guess this will do. What do you got? You got got Elvis juice? I got, well, I I have the the non-alcoholic Elvis juice. Oh, my God. We're actually actually recording this on a Monday night, and 
you know, I've just been trying to watch my shit lately and, and, and be all right. Mocha's, Mocha's laying his head right against me. He goes, you're a good dad. That's what he's saying when he's doing that. But uh, And i got to get my son home, Mocha, later tonight. But uh, but it's pretty damn good. And apparently it's only 20 calories per, per well, beer. Good. So, yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of, it's pretty refreshing. But uh, don't worry. Soon we'll be cracking some pumpkin ales, brother. Don't you worry about that. We should have for this, but uh, it's all right. He is a zombie in most of the films, so I appreciate it. And Three Floyds has hard art. There's some hard art on that. Shout out Three yeah. Floyds. Sponsor yeah. us, please. Yeah, that'd be great. Or Brewdog, I don't care. Anyone. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> All right, well, we ready to dive into this? Number 12. Okay, one last thing then. It's fucking atrocious that there is not a 13th friday the 13th film out yet that one of the only other things that could have made this more perfect if it was the top top 13 13. friday the 13th and we did it on a friday the 13th then that would have been i think the gates of hell would open up if we were on that shit but anyways you want me to go first you want to go first you're the guest you're the guest guest. all right well you got them all in front of you yeah i do you know which one brings your piss to a boil which one of these none, do you despise? Of, yeah, there we go. Trying to get the the the, the clicks, the listens. Um, to be honest, I didn't watch this one before the I've done before we did the podcast. I have not watched. This is probably the one I have watched. I haven't watched this one in at least three to five years. I'm not. I'm not. No. No lie. Um, maybe I watched half of it a few years ago. I can't remember. Uh, and I wanted to watch. Oh, I just lied on the podcast. But you can leave that in there. I watched this and fell asleep once where I'm living now. So it had to be within the last two years because I'm net this week. I moved two years ago. Um, I'm telling you this right now. There's only one true answer for the worst film. It is. But the thing is, I like this and I enjoy parts of it because how different it is. Now, don't yell. This may be the point where you yell at me in the podcast. If it, is it not going yell. to be what I think no, it is? No, 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 just no. All right, don't pull a Jared. Let me finish my sons, please. Uh, it's in the 90s, so you're fine. Uh, and I take this akin to a much better, much superb film, so please don't lose your mind. But I love how New Nightmare is so different and does a unique take. Right. On, on, on a lesser note, a lesser, a lesser note, and it doesn't work as well. Jason goes to hell. I like what they were trying to do. And let's be honest, the opening is fucking hard. When the cops are all sitting there and he's getting hit by like a thousand fucking bullets in the beginning, it's fucking hard. So starts off with a bang and then it kind of is like a limp dick for parts after that. But I like the effects. I like what they did. I like the story. It's just... Maybe it's too different from the rest of them, and it's just not as good. So you can now rip it to pieces if you want. But it, 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 I mean, I'm, uh, both of ours are Jason goes to hell. I know. I already knew. I knew that going into. The, <laughs> I mean, I knew that going into the podcast. I assume that most of the listeners probably feel the same way. Some people probably hate the remake, but I mean, that's the only other thing I can think of. Well, I'm not really gonna rip it to pieces because, as I said, I don't really have strong opinions about any of it but it is it's by far the worst out of the franchise like i don't even think i know some people online don't have it as their worst film and i think it's completely blasphemous because i think it's pretty blasphemous like i think that all of the rest of them have way more enjoyable moments than agree jason goes and i will say this even though there are some films in here that i don't like 
and there's some films in here do you, that do like, you actually I mean, don't like a couple of them i don't like jason goes to hell okay but you, that might be the old that might okay, be the only right. I, one I thought, I, I thought you should send multiple so i was like oh wow all right i think that this might be the only one i straight up don't like but there every film in the franchise does have things in it that i do like whether okay. it was intentional or not. Right, exactly. Um, this was, of course, from 93. This was the first one that wasn't made um, by the same production company. The, it, wasn't it wasn't made by it, Paramount. It wasn't, it wasn't Paramount. Um, it's in Youngstown, Ohio. There we it's go. Pretty, pretty, true, true. pretty That's actually uh, where my girlfriend is from, that, um, that area, so that's nice. But yeah, there's things I like in the film, so I guess I'll go over that in the beginning. Like, there's a lot of hilarious moments in it. Like the cheesy, um, I don't even know if you remember this if you haven't watched it in a while. Like the fucking news broadcast where it's like the security guards dead, the coroner dead, another coroner missing. Yeah, <laughs> like I absolutely do. I vaguely remember this. Ridiculous. Yes. Um, I love Kane Harder, has a cameo in this as one of the security true, guards. True, A lot of great moments with that. There's an insane, the, the tent kill is probably the best one. In there, it would have been cooler if it was Jason right. doing the kill instead of right, the possessed right, right. corner. There was a head slammed against the door. There's a lot of good gore in it. I mean, like there's especially good effects, for, especially like, for big budget '93. You know, I mean that was, you know, I, I will say, I want to talk about something else with the franchise, but I, I'll touch back on that later. But I will say, from what I remember, there are better kills. God, I might as well say it now. But the kills are a little more inventive or better than Jason Takes Manhattan because I just watched it. I know I complained about that the other day to you prior to because I just saw you the other day about how a couple of kills were a little weak for Jason. Now, obviously, there's some amazing moments. We'll touch back on that later. But I will say the special effects goes off and Jason goes to hell. But yeah, Jason goes, I mean, story is atrocious. Acting in most parts is atrocious. Just like all. What, what about the what about the the guy who's hunting him? The guy who's uh, the sh- sheriff or whatever that where whoever he is the main. He's pretty good. I mean, he's all right, I guess. But I mean, I, overall, like it's it's shit. Like there's no. I mean, I still enjoy parts of it, but it's undoubtedly the worst out of the franchise. I think it might be the worst out of the big three. I think this might be the worst film out of all mm. of the big three. Besides maybe the Friday, uh, not Friday, uh, the Nightmare remake. That and Jason yeah, goes the to hell. Ni- the, ni- are- the Nightmare remake is is definitely worse than uh, Jason Goes to Hell, in my opinion. And, and I don't even mind the Nightmare uh, remake as, as, uh, as much as most people. And I think I talked about that on that podcast. You might have, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna rip it to pieces or any. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it, you, it, did, you it, did. But I mean, I mean, it's. But I'm not breaking it down scene by scene. I know, I know. But I know. I, it's stupid. I mean, like they're borrowing from Halloween again, sort of, because like what he's trying to kill off. It, well, like I'm only a member of his bloodline can kill him off or something stupid like right, that. And, right. Like, right. I don't know. The worm thing is fucking stupid. Like how this got approved, I have no idea. Dude, throwing anything at the wall. See. I understand why you don't like that, but I like shit like that. When it gets to a point where it's just, like, so fucking insane that they just make some wild crap, and I don't know. I mean, look how fucking hard the cover is. But anyways, I think, what do you think? We probably touched enough on that. Should we go to Should we go to our number 11s? Yeah, we can go to our number 11s. Um, uh, but, yeah, Jason Goes to Hell do not recommend. 
That's the only one, like, out of all of them, like, they all have some redeeming qualities, but if there's one where it's like, don't even fucking watch it, that's the one I would say. Well, number 11. My number 11. I'm curious to see if it's the same as my number 11. I'm assuming that it probably is. And again, I said, it. you know, it kind of, all these next ones are all going to kind of bounce around. I like all of them a lot. I love them. I actually love all of them pretty much a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with the 09 remake it is number 11. Ooh. Um, it, good kills, the, the opening. I saw this at a Friday, well, Thursday going into Friday, but right, Friday right. at 12, 1201. Uh, the night that it came out in a sold out theater in Salisbury, Maryland. And, I went, I used to work for the newspaper, so I was going to work right around like 2.33, right after it ended. Um, And we're all sitting in the theater. I mean, you know, wall to wall, big theater. And the whole intro, the whole thing where, you know, they're looking for the weed and just a group of kids out there. Pretty funny dialogue for the time. Um... They find the weed, there's sex, and then just brutal sackhead Jason comes in. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Amazing sequence. I think just phenomenal. That opening is so phenomenal. And then it cuts right to the title card. And I think the whole fucking theater got up and clapped. I'm not even, I'm not, I even got up. I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, I, we were all just like, wow. I went by myself, but like. People were like, it's it's the shit that they show on trailers on TV, like initial reactions, you know, right, like hidden yeah. cameras. They should have done that at this fucking theater because it was, everyone loved it. Um, crowd talking at the screen a little bit during the film, which uh, when I was younger, I didn't mind that as much. And especially in something like in a Friday the 13th setting, you know, uh, probably some people were, were hammering, you know, midnight, whatever. Sure. But um, I was not. I actually was... I know I was. You would have been. No, I wouldn't have. I still. I was twenty. I would have been twenty-one in the fall because this came out in February. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, I believe it was Friday, thir- uh, February thirteenth. Um, but then just gets off right with a bang and introduces the next group of kids. Introduces you know the brother looking for one of the sisters who's in the initial opening sequence. Right. Um, Which is a throwback to. Part three, uh, part four. Part four, yes. So it kind of encompasses the first four films and, like, the, the main parts of it within the first 45 minutes. I mean, it doesn't... It, it just sets everything up, but it does it in a streamlined, like, good way. You know, I mean, it really, compared to a lot of the remakes, especially talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, it, it definitely is above and beyond that. Uh, good kills. Jason is super menacing tall um you know just relentless he kind of has more of almost like a compound in this you know at one point you know kind of maybe a little too texas chainsaw and like in regards to some of the things they have set up but it works i mean platinum dunes produced this remake the texas chainsaw and the nightmare on elm street remake so i mean you're you know i i feel like there's a little bit of a similar Similar vibes. Vibes with with them, with all of them. Um, 
I will say this because it is not my number eleven because I haven't been chiming in on any of this. I how I said Jason Goes to Hell was the worst out of all of them. Out of the big three remakes, I think this one's by far the best. I agree. Out of the three Ooh, remakes. Wait, wait, okay, wait. I'm not counting counting Halloween 2018. You're just saying the Platinum Dune remakes. The the, the I'm saying Rob Zombie Halloween, the this Friday the 13th and the Nightmare. This one's the best out of those three. I really like the Rob Zombie Halloween and the sequel, but I will say I I'd say I'd put them as of right now probably a step above. Yeah, I yeah okay I I can agree with that. I I definitely obviously we talked about I can agree with that on the Nightmare remake. Um, that's definitely probably. I really think honestly that remake kind of killed the remake boom. <laughs> no, I mean uh, it I might, mean I mean it no, might it, it re- I mean because it was one of the last of the bigger remakes, and I'm talking like when they were remaking everything from the Hitchhiker. To you know everything, it wasn't just the big main franchises. They were right. they basically there was a five year span where we were getting a remake of of everything. Anything, yeah. And honestly, some of them were a lot better than people remember. They really weren't that bad. The only problem is back then most of them weren't necessary. Right. You know, like now now I would say introducing some of these characters to a, a, a you know a brand new audience who never really grew up on these because when I was young, a lot of these were on TV, maybe in an edited format or something, but these would be on cable television and you could stumble into them. Now, a lot of these, you know, we have streaming, quote unquote, but a lot of them are like $5 rentals on Amazon and on things like that. Now with Peacock getting better and Universal, you know, being a part of that, some of these big franchises are on Peacock as a whole. Like I noticed that compared to some of the other streaming ones, but, uh, you know, you don't just stumble into these franchises anymore. Right. And yeah, much more time has passed now. I mean, it's been even fifteen years since the the remake, pretty much. I mean, thirteen years. Thir- yeah, thirteen years. Yeah, thirteen S- years since the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. What a travesty. I know. Anyways, um, but there's still like that lawsuit going on or some shit, right? Like they can't. No, it got cleared. Got cleared last year. It got it got completely cleared. All the lawsuits are cleared. So I'm waiting, uh, waiting to see you know if they're gonna if they're gonna do something because. So, while we're still on the remake, I'm going to make this quick because I want to get to your number 11. But they were initially going to make a sequel to, to the Friday the 13th remake because it, it did, like, almost $59 million the opening weekend. Right, yeah. Which was the biggest opening weekend. Obviously, you know, th- things are inflated. It's not the same, you know, a little bit. But at, at the same time, biggest opening box office for a Friday the 13th film and did really well in theaters. But the problem is... At the time, when it came out on home video, the home video sales were slow. So it gave them cold feet. Now, the problem is, too, a year later, the Nightmare on Elm Street you know, remake wasn't received well. Did that do okay at the box office? I don't think it did. I think it... I don't think it was I, a flop, I, it, it wasn't a but, bomb. No, it wasn't no, a bomb, but like... I didn't blow numbers away. Uh, and I think it gave them cold feet on everything because... What was supposed to be rumored, and there's supposed to be a script out there from what I from what I remember. Now, this is, you know, from 10 years ago, more than that. But they were going to do a Friday the 13th in the snow. Like Jason being out in the snow, which I think could have been very interesting because it hadn't been done yet. Right, because it's all during summer, basically. And, <laughs> and with the gore, you know, with, like, with gore on snow, I think, you know, blood splatter and kills on right, snow yeah, look, yeah. looks amazing, the contrast. But Paramount then bought the rights back... And they were going to do a Friday the 13th, but then I think I talked to another podcast 
when Rings bombed, they canceled Vegas. they canceled that, and now they have lost the franchise rights back again. So there's been supposed to be two Friday the 13th almost in production. Apparently the one Paramount did, it was rumored that people actually had built props, had things, they were going to film it up in like Buffalo, New York, or somewhere, but... Paramount pulled the plug right as they're about to go shoot. Right, yeah. You told that story on one that, of That's one what of I, them, I thought. Yeah. I know. I, it's going to be a little bit of uh, some stuff we're going back over, but um, obviously it kind of fits the theme of the podcast. Right, yeah. Is, so. Well, what do you think? Uh, what's uh, So my number 11, because we'll talk about the remake a little bit more when it gets to mine, okay. I guess. My number 11 is another one that you've alluded to. This was the last film that Paramount did back in the day. My number 11 is Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. 1989. I won't harp too hard on this because everyone's talked about it enough, but it is false advertising. He doesn't take Manhattan. He makes a, a little a little stop in Manhattan. True. This is Jason on the Titanic, essentially. Like, <laughs> literally... There, and once again, even though I don't think this film is great beginning to, the end, to end, it has a lot of things in it that I really love, for better or for worse. There's some funny, yeah. like, it starts with that noir intro, like, narration and, like, the smooth jazz. Oh, so Insane good. hard. Yeah, beyond good, yeah. Um, I did take notes as I was watching this a little bit. So Jason actually sets foot in New York City on the ground at one hour, four minutes, and 40 seconds. Nice. So, film's basically over. Yeah. <laughs> By the time yeah, yeah, he takes yeah. Manhattan. Um, again, it's considered one of the last true Friday the 13th after this Paramount would sell the rights to New Line Cinema. It's the longest out of those films, at 100 minutes, and you feel every minute for sure. Um, it is a little bit of a bore at points in it. Um, one thing I really love, because we've talked about this in other shows... Foster's beer, big advertisement in Times Square, absolutely, absolutely legendary. Um, of course, I love the. I'm assuming it could be a nod to They Live, with the longest fight of all time. Oh, when they're uh, uh, when yeah. he's just punching him repeatedly, knocks his head off. He's like, "Just lay one on me," or whatever he says. The uh, he says, "Give me your best shot," which which. You know, we can all agree that's one of the best kills in the series, but I feel like they kind of, you know, they kind of had to do something at that point in the film. They almost really only kept that guy's character alive just for that scene. Right. Because he's the only, uh, I mean, if you're listening this far, we're hoping that you've seen every film. If not, I guess, you know, whatever. But only five of them that we know of make it off the ship. Right. Uh, that they're on throughout the entire film and make it to New York City. This kind of track suit boxing athlete, which there's a scene where they're boxing in one of the rooms, like in a makeshift <laughs> ring the, yeah. in, in on the ship. Like it's just to show that, hey, this guy can box. Like that's the only reason that whole scene's there. Um, the only reason his character makes in New York City is so Jason can fight him on a rooftop and punch his fucking head off. Um, but anyways, continue. I don't know. I guess the reason I have it ranked so low is just because it's probably the biggest disappointment out of all the films. Because Jason Goes to Hell, I mean, even just, like, reading the title or knowing anything about it, you're like, all right, I know this sucks. Jason Takes Manhattan 
there's so many cool things you could have done with this. And I know shooting in New York is expensive. They were only there for like two days or whatever. But you could have shot more stuff in Vancouver when you were shooting there yeah, forever. Yeah, how yeah, long? Yeah. Like you're literally on this boat for an hour. Yeah. Pretty much. I I will say, well, so on 11, my number 10 is probably going to be Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. That was yeah. kind of always where I had it. Yeah. So I was kind of waiting. I was like, eh, all right, I'll just say it. Um. I think the boat idea is a really cool idea, actually. But if they just didn't put that in, you know, if they didn't have Takes Manhattan or anything like that in the title. Imagine you did a whole film of just on the boat. You did a whole theme of, like, water-based kills. The end of the film, they get to New York. The next film is Jason Takes Manhattan. Exactly, yeah. That would have been that would have been the, the, you know, the big thing to do. I will say, considering I, I admitted that I just watched this one, I will say, obviously, it looks like it has the biggest budget uh, of any of the films. Maybe it doesn't, but there's a lot of fucking locations in this, even with even within the boat. I mean, they're right, not there's just different one, rooms. Yeah, there's yeah. legitimately like I was watching it. There's at least twenty locations in the boat. I mean, they're in a boiler room. They're on steps. They're on the deck. They're on uh, you know another like boiler room esque area. They're in different cabins. They're in ones with different mirrors. Like I mean, there's really. Right. They really took the time and, you know, on that, but like you said, I understand the false advertising. Should it be called like Jason going overboard or something, something. stupid like that? If they even said Jason takes a boat to New York City, I'd be like, for fuck's sake, at least it's honest. Uh, I, I, watching it, I always, when I always think about the, the series, and I don't really think about like ranking them, but I always think that I like Part 8 more than I do. Uh, I do think, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's a good one you can just throw on and not know anything right, about yeah, it yeah. because the kids in that opening scene where they're on that little private boat floating by Camp Crystal Lake, they just perfectly, you know, hey, did you hear about blah, 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 and then yeah. there and then, you know, I I will say the way that they revive Jason is fucking hilarious in this and I loved it where they just happen to hit that super mega ultimate right. billion thousand watt whatever thing and it electrocutes his fucking body that's still under the water from uh the end of new blood and he's like oh shit gets up jumps on the fucking boat kills him and he's off you're off to the races you know they don't waste a lot of time uh uh it's dumb but it kind of makes sense compared to some of the other dumb shit that they do in the fucking film so Again, a lot of things I love about... I mean, I love the fucking punk kids in Times Square and he kicks the boombox. But then you get, like, stupid shit. Like, oh, Crystal Lake is connected to the fucking ocean that leads to New York now. Yeah, like, it's just... Yeah, some of the shit I'm like... I'm like, okay, if that was true, it would it would probably go down to... What do they call that? I'm gonna I'm gonna show my ignorance here. I went to Asheville City Schools, but this was was it not a tributary. We're like a little river connecting. Like, it would just be a small... Like, usually when something trickles in a pond or something trickles right. into a bigger body of water, a river, right. it's just a t- It'd be like Jason walking down a stream. Like, it'd be yeah. up to his, like, <laughs> yeah, waist. Like he'd just nothing. be walking, doing there, and be like, okay, now I'm in the, the main part that connects to the, you know, the ocean, literally. So, definitely a stretch. Definitely, like, when they get on this legitimate cruise ship, you're just kind of like, huh, I don't think they're in Crystal Lake anymore. <laughs> like, uh, especially because just watching that... Uh, you know, it cuts right from them being on a real tiny boat 
them it's getting killed, and then it's just a brand new group of kids getting right. on a giant yacht. Like, there's no explanation. It's right. just an edit right into that. So, uh, I think I talked to us tonight. It feels a little disjointed. Like, a lot of things that happen, especially in the beginning, it's just like, da 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 Like, like you said, the, the, the intro where they show parts of New York and all that stuff goes right to these kids. Then it goes to another group of kids, and then you're on the boat, and then... And then it's funny because the boat's going down and they're like, let's get on the, uh, you know, the life raft. And then somehow they just end up in New York City right. later. And it's like, it's somehow Jason swam from what it seems like 10 miles or something right. like out of nowhere. Like, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, at this point, obviously, he's super fucking natural. Apparently he has sonar radar because he knew how to walk through the ocean to get to New York City to the same fucking dock that they have, like... Right. Uh, but I think this one, if I mean, like you said, you kind of just uh, suspend disbelief in any of these, but this one has the most stretches of yeah. uh, common sense right. or anything like that. It has a hard poster. I know, that's probably, probably my favorite beyond, poster. Beyond Besides hard. the original, it's probably my favorite poster. Um, and again, the kills, as you said, the kills are kind of weak. I think the MPAA at that point was like, you know, so harsh on horror. This was 89. Uh, you know, horror was definitely getting, horror and like gore in general was definitely getting uh, a lot of flack. I mean, it'd be getting a lot of flack for the whole 80s, but uh, I think with diminishing returns and everything as well, especially at this point on the big franchises, uh, I think they definitely toned down some of the gore. I will, I will right. say I appreciate the head punch and they show it. I, I almost feel like they toned down the gore, made the kills kind of basic just so they could punch a guy's head off right. at the end of the film. Like, honestly, like watching, that's what I think. Like, what's the one that you hate? Like the harpoon to the eye thing? No, no, no. It was just to the chest. And the harpoon was like a little, like the, like the knee, like the, the, oh, the harpoon, the harpoon to the eyes in another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, the harpoon on this, it's the kid that's having sex in the, or no, the girl that's having sex and she doesn't even try to, like, move because he opens up the, like, <laughs> right. the little compartment in the boat. And he just basically, it's actually, he's poking her. Like, he's giving her, like, a shot. Yeah. And she just, her chest, exp- like, there's a big, you know, obviously there's probably, like, a blood packet or something or tubing underneath. But it just, and she's like, ugh, and just dies. I'm like, I'm like, honestly, that wouldn't even go halfway through your body. Like, you, right. you know, I mean, but, again... Friday the 13th, that's just me nitpicking. I just don't think the kills are as good in this. But that's my number 10, then. You're 11, my 10. What we do got, you got for 10? We're on to my 10. I don't know if this is a hot take or not for number 10. Um, number 10 is one that had you asked me before I rewatched all of these, I would have had it towards the top, just off of my memory. Okay. But actually going back and rewatching it, I don't know. I'm sorry if you like this one, but I don't think part three is that great. I see this is where things things come into play where I didn't watch part three again before I did this. And I really wanted to because I always go on the fence with this film where I like it a lot. It sets the template for the next so many films for the most part. Um, Because in one and two, yeah, there's sex, there's this. But the kids, for the most part, are actual camp counselors getting ready to open the camp. 
they uh, are a pretty good group of kids. They're working. They're doing things. It's not so much right. kids going to a cabin or renting from some renting something from somebody and just fucking and partying. Like they're more so like a group of they're working going to their, kids. their camp yeah, job. Like, yeah, yeah. Where from this point on, they're kind of setting that it's just like Jason's just killing some dumb stone partying kids. Not in every film, but for the most part, it's quite a few of the people they kill at that point, you know? Right. In the first two, it's very much... I mean, like, some of the kids are assholes or whatever, and we'll we'll get to that. But it's not like they're going there to party and have sex. Yeah. They both went to Crystal Lake in the first one, and then the second one, whatever, they renamed Crystal Lake or whatever. I think it's... Isn't it, if I remember right, isn't it the camp right across the water It might be, yeah, it's the one, like, right next to it or something. But they went there for a purpose. This one, it's like, we're going to party. It's summer, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. So that's where the whole cliche comes into play. Um, things I like about it, I love the opening credits. Um, so the, good. the music's hilarious, and it's the only opening credits like of these, I, I guess the majority of the franchise that just isn't the white text over black like this one has the it's like blue and the red letters are coming at you I did not watch this in 3D I've never seen it in 3D I watched it one time in 3D I think when they first did like I think it was like the late 2000s releases right around when the remake came out because I bought it because it came with the 3D glasses like a brand new pair right and I did watch I mean at the time though it was before the kind of TVs that we have now I think it'd be a lot more fun now than it was then. Yeah. Um, and something interesting about part three, because my parents are not into horror films like at all, but they saw this in theaters in 82. Oh, yeah, you did tell Which me is that. insane. That is insane. Because in 82, they were seniors in high school, um, or maybe they were juniors or whatever. I mean, they graduated in 83, so it was either, depending on what date, they were junior, senior in high school, probably just turned old enough to see, like, their first rated R movie. Right. And it was if this. If they got ID'd. If, if they, if they, they got, got ID'd. ID'd. Um, but that was just always a hilarious story because I can't imagine my parents going to see Friday the 13th Part 3 in theaters, especially sitting there with those glasses. <laughs> they said they saw it in 3D? I, I believe they saw Yeah, because my mom was like, oh, I was scared out of my mind. There was shit coming at you. <laughs> nice. Um, the only other redeeming quality... In this, besides Jason getting his mask, which was an iconic look, um, I really love the kid that's straight out of Superbad. He looks identical to Jonah Hill oh, <laughs> in Superbad. Yeah, 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 a yeah, true yeah, legend, yeah. Shelly. Um, he's great. Um, his death is pretty stupid. Like, he gets, like, stabbed off screen, survives for, like, a half hour, and then just, like, shows up. Right, right, um, right. But other than that, like, it doesn't add anything new that wasn't in the first two, like, from a story perspective. I mean, it still has the dream fake-out ending. Right. Um, it's still, like, the, along the same lines, kind of kills. Um, Jason also is just kind of lazy in this one. He's, like, kind of a... Like, literally, he shoots... I just talked about it. He shoots the girl with the harpoon and then just, like, slowly walks away. Like, even slow for, like... I know it's the big thing. Jason never runs or, like, whatever. He's literally crawling away. That is not... It's not that he runs, but that's... He... We'll talk about this later in the podcast because I also I don't think it. that he doesn't run. I can acknowledge when he. I'm just saying it's the big cliche. Yeah, and it's like the slow moving Jason walking yeah, around. Yeah, this yeah. is the one where 
if you're talking about the slow moving Jason, it's from part three. He's yeah. literally waddling around. <laughs> I the thing is too, I think you know as the films go on, Jason evolves a lot more than in a lot of the other franchise killers. Like I mean, not only his look. He does have iconic looks per film. Right. Now, anyone with makeup or anything like this, but you think a guy in a hockey mask, you're surprised how much he changes and evolves. But just the way that he he becomes a more proficient killer, he becomes meaner. Sometimes he he's not. Sometimes he's curious. It 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 he he has a lot of character, despite being some deformed guy behind a mask, hockey mask. Right. I mean, he's got some cool moments in this. I mean, he does the thing where he flips his mask off and, like, laughs at him and then puts the mask yeah, down. Yeah, like, yeah, he has yeah. some personality in here. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, I think it's I think it's one of the most boring out of the franchise. Um, the acting is pretty bad from some of the people. And, like, there's the one girl that's just going, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And the guy who knew it was doing the score knew it was bad because he's doing the music in between the oh my gods like she'd be like oh my god the music goes bah, 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 bah. oh my god and then it like does it again it's like ridiculous um but other than that i i mean it's not that great um midnight mocha's midnight mocha's trying to get some water so so with that we're going to be moving on to our number nines but we're going to take a quick pause for the cause are you tired of plain old breakfast? Cereal is not sugary enough. Are you tired of burnt pancakes and waffles? Then you, you need slapjacks. The slapjack gets your face and it causes a chemical reaction to heat up. No cooking required, just slap and eat. Don't believe us? Here's a satisfied customer. Slapjacks are the best breakfast food ever made. Slapjacks, slap those smiles back. <laughs> You heard of your kids. Slapjack saves lives. Order at www.slapjacks.com. We are, uh, we're <laughs> rehydrated. Uh, Mocha's getting anxious. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've peed. Uh, number nine. <laughs> the, Patreon buddy, ex- buddy. the Patreon exclusive people will see what Miles was really doing during that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mocha, what are you doing? Uh, me and Midnight Mocha. Buddy thinks I'm so fucking stupid. He's like, hey, I'm going to put these lists, what you did, your uh, top ones right here, because you've only been three in, and I can't remember what the fuck I'm doing, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks I'm having Alzheimer's in the middle of this fucking podcast. Um, My number nine, this is where things get dicey, and I think I might even change it from what my number nine was initially supposed to be. Um, hmm, This is where you're fucking killing me, man. What I... How am I killing Because uh, I had a semi-hot take, but I'm not going to do it. I told you to follow your heart. If your heart's, te- if your heart's telling you to have a hot take, you can go ahead. <sighs> I told you, don't stress about the list. Just whatever comes natural. I think you vaguely changed my mind. I vaguely changed your mind. Just, it was on the cusp already. Uh, <laughs> it was on the cusp already. I think I'm going to go with, uh, Are you going with part, part three, Are you I going guess. With part- God. And I, I didn't want to admit that I was going to do that. Uh, but 
You're right. It's kind of what the kids say now. It's kind of fucking mid, man. It's kind of uh, not a lot's going on with it. Um, he gets the mask, as you just talked about. There are some fun kills, but kind of we kind of just went over. That's why, like, as we're talking about it, I'm like, maybe this is my like number nine. I was almost gonna be like, ah, eh, we'll just talk about it right now. But I really wanted to watch this again before we did the podcast. But it's just one of those ones, like, besides getting the mask, uh, the harpoon kill, a couple of the 3D kills. You don't remember a lot from it. I mean, I like it's probably one of the ones that's the least memorable, I guess, in my opinion. But I know there's some stuff I like in it. But I haven't watched this one in maybe a year and a half. But, like, every time I watch this, I'm always like, oh, I forgot that happened. Or, like, you know, like, I just... I remember the barn, obviously, the, the, the right, uh, yeah. stuff like that, the whole ending, and, like, the... And obviously, in like there, it is a 3D film, but it's not 3D in like the good way. It's a 3D as in, like, oh, they're pointing a baseball bat at you, or they're throwing, they're juggling balls in the air. There's yeah, po- they're cooking popcorn at the stove, and it's coming at you. Like it's not like Jason is putting the machete like right at you all the time. No, it's it, this is it's the a be- lot of like dumb shit. This is the beyond gimmick, gimmicky 3D. You know, like didn't Jaws 3D come out in the same year? Weren't it was the around big, the same time? Big yeah. 3D things. Um, and didn't Paramount do Jaws 3D as well? Probably, yeah. I think they did, but I think they were trying to be on, uh, be with the kick, but we kind of talked about it. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it's, uh... It's mid. It's mid, bro. It does set the template nice for what's going to come later for better or worse. So, what is your number nine? My number nine, it may be a controversial take, but I've said on many many podcasts before that I don't think that this film is that great. Um, I still like it, and rewatching it again, I do have it higher than I may have originally put it, but my number nine is the original Friday the 13th. I knew you were going to do that. Number nine, the original Friday the 13th from 1980. It's pretty well known, I would say, that it's not the best out of the franchise. And we've talked about this in other shows. Besides you, because your opinions are a little bit different with some of these, it's universally recognized the original Halloween is the best out of the franchise. Same with Nightmare on Elm Street. With Friday the 13th, that's never really been the case. Can we agree with that? No one's ever no, said no, I mean, the I, first you know, one yeah, is the I mean, best. Even, even when I have quote-unquote hot takes or, or just my own random opinions about everything I, i'm not that's, that's not you know i'm not going to dispute that you know the series is more well known for its sequels than the original whereas most franchises as i said the first one is can be seen as the best it i mean there's no bones about it it was a ripoff of halloween it's a ripoff of hitchcock films with the music and the i mean the second one rips off hitchcock a little bit too with like the uh the shrine of the mother and all that um, constant POV is like in Black Christmas, and well, it's it comes from a lot of like Italian uh, Jalio films, right? Like the, you know, like kind of like the like the I'm stalking you, I'm you know, I'm, right. you're, I'm obsessed with you, I'm you're you know, you're, right? And it's not to say that it's bad that it's referencing or ripping off these things, but it's just that the filmmakers didn't really have their hearts into it well, because Sean Cunningham at the time he's making like these family films and they're all bombing. And he's like, fuck, like, Halloween made a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like, we gotta do that. 
Yeah. So that's what they do. They make it. They make a fucking so like a stupid amount of money. Right. For the cheapest film of all time. Well, I mean, you know what? I'm exaggerating, but just had a great title, great poster, great marketing. Like, had it not been called Friday the Thirteenth, and they just called it. I don't, killing at the camp or like whatever the hell they yeah. would have called it. Killer like, camp. They could even just yeah. something so because how many eighties films have a dumb, a good films, fun films like okay, the Fun House. Toby Hooper. I actually right. love the Fun House. I think it should have been a bigger film, a bigger deal. It's just amazing. G- generic name, but just the Fun House. You know, like I mean, I don't know what else they would have called it. I mean, I I like the title, but I can admit that it's not a great marketing title. I mean, there could be. Ten other films called the Fun House, or with like the the Fun House, uh, the Fun House Massacre, that shitty one that came out five years ago or whatever. Um, but like, it's just there were so many like sleazy eighties like slasher films at the time. Like, had it not had, well, I know this didn't jumpstart it, not, not at, at the, the t- time after this. But but I'm saying that like, there's so many around that time period. Yeah, had this not had such a great title. And all of that, it might not have become a franchise. True. Because there was so much other stuff that was happening around this time period. Also very easy to make sequels to because, you know, it could be filmed in one big location. Especially you, you could rent out like the a summer one, camp, yeah. A summer camp and there's tons of wooded locations for nothing. Right. I mean, you know, it, it, you're paying actors. Let's say you pay each actor a thousand bucks. And you're renting out a cabin for, let's say, thirty, forty, fifty thousand. I mean, realistically, you could make one of these films. I mean, back then, I'm talking about back then for what? I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand. I mean, honestly, right, yeah. like you could. And if you were a good filmmaker, it wouldn't look like shit. Right. Some positive things about it: it does have good kills and good gore. I mean, it was Tom Savini, obviously, but it doesn't really put it above. Like that doesn't really make much of a difference to me because what Friday the Thirteenth film doesn't have some inventive kills and some good gore. Right. When you compare it to the other ones, it's just like, okay, it's just another Friday the 13th film. Um, I have a... Spoiler. I like this film a lot more than most people do, so it will be a little higher on on the list. I I just think... I love the twist at the end. Now, you have to remember, we were like, with no internet, no anything like that. I think the twist is amazing. I think the whole end sequence is amazing. I think the POV even though it is an ode to 70s Italian cinema and even before that, it also ties in to the story perfectly, which I thought was very genius. You have to at least admit that because there's a reason why they're not, you're seeing all the kills through the killer's eyes. Right. You know what I mean? No, I'm not holding it against it that it's doing that. I'm just saying that like, it's not, they weren't putting much originality into what they were doing is what I was trying to say. They basically took, I think the writer, especially the one who did win that lawsuit recently, I think he put almost the greatest hits of maybe his favorite things about cinema at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Cunningham gave him, you know, the, it just, it was just basically an homage to a bunch of things that were, had had just happened or, you know, about to happen. Right place, right time, probably for that, for that film. Right. Um, and just some other, like, there's the coffee infamous coffee scene where she's making the coffee at the end takes forever all right um other things that like don't make sense like mrs Voorhees is pulling off some pretty elaborate kills and doing it very well 
not having much trouble, but then right at the end, as soon as you reveal who she is, she can't fucking take down this girl. <laughs> I understand. Um, you have to think. I got okay. I got defenses for the film, but anyways, um, I appreciate it more for what it started than for what it is. It might have the best final girl in the series. Yeah. Um, I like a, another final girl better. I mean, we'll get to that when we get to it. And of course, I mean the the ending, like the ending ending, is phenomenal. Except yeah. for the fake out at the very end. Like if you would have just it faded d- it yeah, out, exactly, if you would have just exactly. faded it out, cut the whole hospital scene, um, it would have had the best ending you could have possibly had. Right, I agree. Honestly, they could have. That's a film they could have made. Honestly, like three endings for it, and I thought it would work. Yeah. Like I honestly think I, and I kind of wonder if they knew kind of like when to actually cut the film. You know. Right. Because I think, I think... You could have uh, ended it multiple times. Yeah. yeah. I think there was there were definitely moments all towards the end that could have actually been great endings and worked, or even cut part of another part of the ending in at a different spot and ended the film. And that's another thing that, like, again, it's a rip-off of Carrie, but it completely fucking works. Like, it was so, like... It's a better jump scare than the Carrie jump scare, I think. I, agree, I mean, they're, yeah. they're both great, but... Yeah. I mean, whatever. Again, after rewatching it, I like it a lot more than I did prior to this. I know because you and Jared have ripped me on it for being such a huge fan of the original. I, I have probably watched the original. I've probably watched the first two the most. I've done a lot of double features in my life where I put on one or two, and been extremely satisfied. But I also really like early slasher films like i really enjoy everything from obviously i i love the original halloween but like basically everything from like 80 to 83 when it's like when it is some of the italian homages and some of the italian thrillers a lot of pov stuff uh very inventive stories for almost all the killers of like the main i'm not talking about the main big ones like friday the 13th or halloween but like um the burning um you know my bloody valentine stuff like that have these very inventive stories that work and also work with the uh, location that they're filming in. Right. So I think the early slasher boom, you know, I love it. Huge fan of that that era. So we're up to what? Your number eight? Yeah. Because that was nine. That was, yeah, because I am going in first. Um, this is where, like I said before this, I'll try to try to not dwell on this too much, but this is where things get iffy for me. Um, mm, I think the next two or this one. Did I change? Did I change your opinion? No, is no, the original. Oh no, 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 no! This is the one. These are the one. They, these are the numbers that I uh, was going back and forth on, and each for their own reasons. Uh, you did not again, but three, uh, three, you did a little bit there. Oh man, I guess my number eights could be Jason X. Okay, so Jason X is the one that I think I actually saw besides the remake I saw last. Like I saw Friday or uh, Freddy versus Jason before I saw Jason X. So <sighs> Jason X is, is, is the thing that I've talked about multiple times podcast. You're throwing whatever shit you can at the wall and hoping it fucking sticks. I mean, they go to Crystal Lake back on Earth in the future, get his somehow preserved body, right? Bring it aboard a spaceship. It thaws out, kills, mind you, what they think the future is going to look like is just... It's like, it's like 20 years from now. It's like 20... 
It's like 2050-something. Okay, but it's just so peak 2000, 2001. (laughs) Looks like a made-for-sci-fi movie in a lot of parts of it, but I love that because I love that era of of made-for-sci-fi film. Just like all sorts of random in-space films uh, or TV shows. Uh, Jason, like I said earlier, gets upgraded to like a super shredder Jason. (laughs) I think Uber Jason. Yeah, Uber Jason's his name. Uh, he has machine guns. He fights robots with machine guns. Oh, androids. He freezes a woman's face with, uh, <laughs> and just smashes it. Liquid nitrogen smashes into the thing. I mean, just insane kill. He's just like an unstoppable killing machine at this point. I mean, not that he's not in other films, but he's just beyond <laughs> insane in this. Yeah. It's, it's very, besides the one scene when they're kind of in the 3D training area the rest of the film is very brightly lit from what i always remember like very bright right white like super white lights on a a lot of stuff this one and part three is also very bright because they had to shoot it a certain way because of the the the, the 3d effects so like i'm curious because i mean and there is like a bit of cg in this so I'm curious if they had to have it kind of brighter for the that effects. That would make sense. That would make sense. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're on a spaceship. They've got flashing lights and shit. I mean, like, I don't know. But yeah, it is a little bit brighter. It's not definitely not alien, like claustrophobic spaceship. Like, no, no, like, no, no. At no, no, no point do you feel claustrophobic. In no, this no, thing. no, no. Jason I'm, X is your number eight. Number I can't, eight. Be- can't believe it. Are you? Are you being facetious? No, I thought it'd be higher. I mean, it's higher on mine. It's not my number eight. It- the problem with me is, I love it. I mean, I, I mean, I really, we we watched it together. We watched it actually. together, yeah. and I've obviously I've watched it other times than that. But a lot of these I love for for different things. I think, be, I mean, it sounds fucked up, but I think it not being in the eighties just brings it down. Like honestly, <laughs> like a little bit. Is as dumb as that is to say? I think it's just that I saw it last. It's you know, it's not in the eighties. And I, I mean, it's an action film. It's not a horror film at all. I mean, there's nothing. You watch Jason walk right around corridors. It's just like, you know, the camera's fixed it. He just walks right around. He's, you know, things yeah. like that. I mean, it's not. Besides the the thing where he's kind of hunting them in the in this like 3D, like training area that you know, if you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, besides that, there's really not not really any horror elements in this. You know, I can agree um, about that. Yeah, it's very much leaning into the sci-fi action kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and less so the horror. Um, are we on to my number eight, or you got We're more to the, say? I, I mean, I feel like, well, what can be said? Jason's in space. He fought androids. He got upgraded to a super shredder-looking fucking Uber Jason. I mean, it cryogenically freezes fucking faces, smashes them. I mean, it... it if you haven't seen it, you ha- I mean, you have to watch it. It's not like it's not like he talked that Jason goes to hell. You can miss it. I don't think you can miss no, that either. It's, but it's, but you no got to skips Jason. X, you, you can't. It's it, essential. It might be top three, which I probably wouldn't rank all of them, but like top three for if you're getting a group of people together to watch. Right. Because it's just it's it, it, it's bad shit. So my number eight. You came dressed for the occasion. My number eight, Friday the 13th, is Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, nice. For number eight. We ranked it last year in Nightmare, and it was about midway 
through the list. It's about midway through the list on mine this time as well. Well, we might as well talk about it because I'm going to put it at number seven. So it's okay. your eight. It's it's uh, it, it's my seven. So you, you start off on this. All right, um, Freddy versus Jason. When I rewatched it this year, I enjoyed it less than when I rewatched it last year. There's just something about it this time. Like I don't know if I just was more fresh and was just like, oh, I can't believe I'm fucking watching this again. Right. Or right. what it is. Um, and for me, and we talked about this last year, for you, you said it always felt more like a Friday the 13th film. For me, it always felt more like a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Maybe it's just because Freddy actually talks and he's like a main character and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it just always fit in better with the Nightmare films for me. I, um, I will say that I rewatched part of this and fell asleep. I don't know. Sometime this year, earlier this year, and the way that it is shot at times is very Nightmare on Elm Street. But the way that the story elements and things that happen on a lot of it, let's say especially in the middle, is very Friday the Thirteenth. So I can agree that maybe. It's the perfect mashup of the styles of them. Maybe it's me at being a bigger fan of Friday the 13th where I'm, you know, You want it to be a Friday the 13th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for me, it's hard because with these franchises, like these lists that we've done, I almost just want to take Freddy versus Jason and just let it be its own entity. Right. Because it stands alone and I always have a hard time with like mashups or even remakes like listing them in in comparison to stuff that's not the same yeah, yeah. it's just it, it's especially a versus film you know what i mean like it's just i don't know where to put it you know uh it's great it has some really entertaining moments i i said this on the other podcast i saw i saw it in sold out theater i think this was the first i was not old enough by the way but i was getting there i think this might have been the first rated r film i ever saw in theaters uh, and I was 14, almost 15. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> With no parent. <laughs> and I know I've said this, said this in the other ones, but the kids next to me that were eight with no parents, uh, who saw tits, I think, for the first time that they can remember. Um, I, I think this one we like to, like, especially because I do have memories, uh, you know, coming into my teens with this film and, and being outside of the theater I'd eventually work at, and it was the longest line. I've never waited in a line longer for a film than Friday th- or Freddy vs. Jason. I got there, it was like a 7 o'clock. We got there, we got dropped off at like 5.45, and the line was all the way through the parking lot, right? Like, we got there, right. and we were like, oh, I, maybe we have to like... Mine just is before I had a cell phone. Cell phones at this time were still... Right. Most kids didn't have them. Within the next five years, they would... But we were like, oh, when we get up there, we might have to use the phone and like, yeah, be like, we got to yeah. get right home because we can't yeah. even get a ticket. But I think they actually, one of the few times the old Saybrook Theater, I think this is one of the, when they first started doing this because they re, you know, remodeled it. I think they had it running at two theaters at the same time. You know? Oh, really? Now, now we, you know, we take, uh, take for granted or like kids nowadays, there's 10 showings in a day. There's this many showings. Back then... You might have four showings in a day, and if if a, if a film's running in two theaters, that's cr- like you know it's like crazy, right. right? You're like, oh shit, I'll get a ticket for sure, you know? Right. And sometimes like because we had two theaters in our town, like sometimes Sabrek would get something that the mall wouldn't exactly. Like, shit like they that. didn't. I don't think that's what I. It didn't get. Uh, when I ended up working at, at Saybrook, 
uh, a lot of times they would we would have to do a trade or not a trade, but they would have to call because I was there with management. They would call the mall and or like and the people that were you know the studios or things, and they'd be like, "Okay, you're gonna get Freddy versus Jason, and we're gonna get Hulk 2003 or whatever." Yeah, like, whatever. You weren't, yeah. you know what I mean? You, you're not you gonna had get to, the same. You had yeah. to split up like in a month one or two of the big releases like and they weren't getting it you know or maybe they would for like a week at the end of it or something yeah you can have it for that but uh i love i mean obviously it's the the two of the biggest icons are you could arguably i won't say that i'll get probably killed by you but i mean obviously michael myers is an ultimate horror icon but in, in regards to let's say the big 80s icons Freddy versus Jason is kind of like you know the the main event. The well, right, they fight, owned, they owned the eighties. Yeah, I mean Michael Myers, he had a couple films in the eighties, but as I said, it wasn't every single year. I like mean, realistically, he went from from nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty eight without a film, and right. in in between there, uh, Freddy and Jason became like, yeah. pop culture icons, like literally like right. gods of pop culture. I mean, for as as far as like horror is concerned. Um, there, I don't have too much to say about Freddy versus Jason. We talked about it last year. Again, it's that besides Jason X, that's another one to just put on with a bunch of people and have those, a good time. Honestly, that'd be a great double feature because those two are so close together. Um, if people wanted to look at how hilarious sometimes 2000s fashion, culture, everything was, just throw those two on real quick back to back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have too much to say about Freddy versus Jason. If you want more in depth, We've talked about it on a couple other shows before, um, so you guys can go check those out. Um, again, I have nothing new to really I add. Don't, yeah, uh, me either. I think we kind of summed that up. So it's your number seven now. My number, because that was your number seven. Yep. My number seven, we've already talked about. For my number seven, I'm putting the 09 remake. Wow. At number seven. I even forgot that we were getting this high without the, re- you know, without... Uh, Talking about the, the remake, re- yeah. Well, you said I was going to make I was going to yeah. make a pun for a minute or, or joke, but I'm not going to make that joke anymore. So it's at the top part of the list. I mean, there's 12, so this is like right in the middle, number seven. I love the remake. I think, as I said, the remake is the best out of the remakes that were coming out of the big films at the time. I think it's better than the Chainsaw remake too. If you want to throw that one in there, ooh, I was it's hoping tough, you weren't gonna because s- I haven't seen that one in a long time. I haven't seen that one in a long time, but the last time I watched it, I was blown away with how much it holds up. The worst thing about it to me, because and I guess even because they're all right in, well, I guess they might not all be right in a row for me, but Freddy versus Jason and this one, they kind of don't to me feel like a true Friday the 13th film um this one to me it had all the elements are there but something about it's just too polished there's too big of a budget there's just something about it that's lacking the trashiness that I want I guess and it has trashiness in the story but just the way that it this one they actually try to make him scary like yeah. there's not even even in the, even the originals, and I think maybe that's what I love about it too. There's a lot of hokiness at times, or times that are unintentionally funny. In this one, he's like a legitimate. I'm a fucking killer. Like I'm gonna yeah. kill you. Stay off my fucking lawn. Like it's like get out of my fucking property. Basically, or I'm gonna fucking kill you. Right. Um. And I guess another reason. And I guess it's a double-edged sword, because. but another reason why I can't really rank it higher 
is because although I love that it's basically the greatest hits of Friday the 13th, 1 through 4, that's kind of its biggest downfall, too. Right. For me, at least. Um, fun fact about this one, we were talking about the Saybrook Theater and Long Lines. The longest line I ever saw at the Saybrook Theater was for Transformers. Wow. <laughs> and Miles and Miles was like, where am I going with this? Because this was made by Platinum Dunes, Michael Bay. Yeah. Were you aware that the character in this film is the same from Transformers? The douchebag guy is in both films as the same character. I really? found this out when I was researching this. Really? Whatever, the nipple placement guy or whatever. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, in yeah. Transformers as the same character. Jesus Christ. What do you mean? Like, same credited character? Like, in, yes. the, in the credits? Yes. Oh, my God. It is the God, same guy. I, wow. I forget what his fucking name is, but I will find it. Shout out to him. That dude, Travis Van Winkle. I just remember his name because it's so... Travis know. Van Winkle, he played Trent, and he was Trent in both Friday the 13th and Transformers. Wow. He was the same dude. He was, he was in... So, uh, technically... We can Same. get Freddy versus Jason oh versus God. Optimus Prime. That would be the greatest thing of all time. Or it would be the <laughs> it would be the worst thing, and I usually love the worst thing, but I don't think it'd be the kind of worst that I would enjoy, and that's hard to say. Uh, I really liked him, though, a Trasmo guy in... Well, obviously, I, I didn't like him in Friday the 13th remake, but he, he was big in You Season 3, if you've watched the Netflix show. I you. haven't, no. And he's actually a very great, sympathetic character in that. I was surprised. That's surprising, because he's he, the biggest douche of all time. Yeah. Um, what else to I, say on the... I love the remake. Um, you touched on it a minute ago, but... I mean, really, it has two intros, because it does show Jason's mother and Jason as yeah, a little kid yeah. and all that, before it gets into the dude's sister getting killed. Right. Um, like, 25 minutes in is when we get our title card. I was right. screaming right. <laughs> the first time I saw this. Um, again, it's just really great. I wish it had a better tone to it. I wish it felt more like a Friday the 13th film to me. Because, really, this could be, like, top three for me if it felt more like a traditional Friday. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, but it doesn't, so... I don't know. I really love the remake. We watched it recently, me, you, and my wife, uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, love it. I love it. I watched it with uh, Midnight Marissa, too. Like I said, I've seen it, I think, three times uh, in the past year, which is a lot, actually. Um, so, man, we're really getting up there. Huh? What are we at? Number uh, this would be your six? Num- yeah, this would be your number six. Hmm. Well, it's funny, because now we're on all the... Uh, you know, we've gotten through the remakes, we've gotten through the 90s stuff, we got through the 2000s stuff. Uh, not all of us have. Well, that's true. Man, number six. This is where, when I made these notes last night, I left a, a couple intentionally blank. So I was <laughs> very, I was very torn. Um, as much as it pains me to do this, mm, the next two are definitely a toss-up. Mmm. Mmm. It's tough. It's really it's really tough. And this changed definitely because uh, I did watch a couple of these and they went higher on the list. Um, oh. He's oh. thinking. He's pondering. This might be the hardest in the entire... Number six is the hardest? Six and five. Because these should flip-flop. 
Man, I, this this will be the most controversial one. Probably if any if anyone's listening, they're like, "Why? Why that one?" Because which one is in your dead center, and which one's going to be slightly above mediocrity? Your number. The six. reasons, the reasons, and I just watched this one. If if it's what I think I'm going to pick. Mm, and even then, I'm changing. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to come across right. But all right, I think I'm going to put. Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter at number 6. That's fine. Uh, I actually... Like I said, I don't have strong opinions I know, about I know, but I mean, most people, on most people's list, that's either number 1 or number 2. Right. So, being number 6... That is a hot take. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly hot for, I guess, you know, anyone that's listening to this. I've always wanted to like the final chapter more than I like it. I well, it's been shoved down your throat your entire life that this is the best one. Yeah, and but but when I first saw it, I didn't know. You know, I was still like early. I didn't know that. Right. I didn't know. I watched them, and I'm like, oh, that was fine. I watched this legitimately last night because this is the one that was. I'm. I'm it was griping me. You know, it was bothering me. Man, almost. This is the first one that introduces Tommy Jarvis. This one definitely has more of a. Not more of a story, but they try to have more moving parts in it. And the runtime's only 91 minutes. They're really trying to cram a lot. And the first five minutes are flashbacks to the first three films because they're toting this as the final chapter. And it was also a few years later. I mean, there wasn't VHS readily available exactly, yet. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, funny as we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason was supposed to end when that, before Nightmare on Elm Street Right, was exactly, starting. yeah. So crazy to think about the 80s uh jason in this is a lot different than i would say in two or three like i talked about his character evolving right but he's very fast if honestly if there was if there was a prototype for the friday the 13th remake how jason moves and acts i would honestly say it was this film right so which you kind of touched touched upon we just talked about it but He's very fast. He's killing people. Like, the kills are all very, like, quick and violent in this. Like, he twists the guy's fucking head around. Uh, he, you know, is throwing people through windows. He's, you know, punching through showers. I mean, he's really becoming very, like, obviously all killing is violent. But the, but the actual, like, movements and motions. There's more, and like, brutality to Brutality it. to the killing. Probably, you know... The most brutal kills up until this point. And even the camera angles and the things that they do and the amount of gore, because it is, again, Tom Savini came back to do this one. The level of violence in this, like, honestly, even watching last night, I'm like, God, these kills are brutal. Like, very... Like, there's much, like, I I just said it, but, like, there's much more, like, physicality to it. Because, I mean, like, in the first couple, I mean, we talked, Jason shoots the harpoon, there's a lot of stabbing. This one, he's literally crushing someone's head against the yeah, shower. exactly. Like with his bare hands. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's very inventive. The special effects are, honestly, you know, that was probably between this and Day of the Dead, but knowing Savini a bit and knowing people that are close to Savini, I mean, that's when, you know, he started taking a step back right. from doing a lot of stuff on his own. I mean, he was, he was employing groups of people to do it. I mean, he wasn't designing yeah. everything. I would say that... 
I like to think that probably this one was maybe one of Savini's last, like, full, not fully hands-on, but pretty hands-on Well, he films. wanted to do it because he wanted to end the character he started. Because right. they thought this is the final chapter or whatever. I yeah. mean, Jason looks like he looks in part one. Like, that face is similar. Like, they yeah, based yeah, his look yeah. off of yeah. if he theoretically would have grown up, he would have looked like this. So I, I, I don't. I just don't, you know, the teenagers to me in this one are, are just com- like completely unlikable. Like, I, I mean, which I guess you're like, oh, yeah, fuck it, kill him, get him killed, you know, whatever. But like, I kind of want to feel bad for the kids or I want to feel like some skin in the game. You know, like we got the guy who's calling, you know, uh, Crispin Glover you know, a legend, uh, <laughs> a dead fuck. Like you could play a drinking game to how many times he uses the word dead fuck. But as kind of almost like one word together describing Crispin Glover's character. And it almost seems like they're not even friends because right. Crispin Glover will try to have a conversation with him. And there's, there's nothing there at all. I mean, the guy always thinking about is either sex or being a jokester. But even the shit he's saying isn't even funny. I mean, it's just like. It sounds like your relationship with one of our friends. Oh, my God. But it's the other main guy like has the hottest girl in the fucking film and then he's trying to bang one of those tw- one of those twins and then last minute he's like oh I can't do this I gotta go you've already been kissing her and dancing you know it's like just like un- I mean I don't normally don't mind unlikable characters in films but if it's gonna be something it's gonna be one of my like favorite franchises like I just I don't care if any of them die the one guy the one guy and girl that are kind of like talking the one with the shower guy and the main girl. Uh-huh. I really liked the main girl because she really took a lot of things seriously and she was trying to go have a good time with her friends, but it seemed like she was genuinely trying to know this guy and she was concerned about it and, like, I, I liked her character and felt for her character. But the rest of them, even, like, even the, the Jarvis, Jarvis's mom and sister, like, I don't know. You got you got the guy you got the guy who's looking for his sister, which you know you kind of touched on as a story in the right. remake. Even even him, they're almost trying to add too many characters to the film. And there's and, a lot of moving parts. The yeah. very the first three are very kind of by the numbers. I mean, except for the twist in the first one. But this one, they tried to add a lot of other elements to it. And you know. I really think a lot of this was them trying to have great stunts and great effects too. Like, Jace, it shouldn't bother me. It's funny, it's enjoyable, but at the same time, like, something about me just doesn't like. Like he, he walks into the side of their house and literally, an entire side of their house blows away. Like it explodes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm talking about what looks like a wooden cabin, like solid wooden cabin wall. That's connected to the window, but a whole part of the wall just blows away as Jason walks <laughs> through it. And, like, he's just lots of glass effects. Savini, I know, really enjoyed that, but he was really on this. So many glass kills or people thrown through Slow glass. Slow motion glass yeah. kills, yeah. Well, even Jason jumping through the the, the fucking half oh, of a yeah, house. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, and there's so many things that happen. Jason walks through what actually looked like the old, I mean, you know, we all had our grandparents growing up older houses you see these windows and doors are in a lot of, like that friday three especially right. this one they're like two fucking three four inches thick of wood like actual wood not a fucking screen door jason's just 
like fucking moving through it like it's a fucking piece of aluminum foil, you know? Like yeah. it's it's fine, but it's like I should like that more, but some about it. I think it's just too much is going on. Uh another thing I noticed, you don't get to see like when they do Jason's kills and Jason's like kind of showing him in the first part of the film, you almost never see him at all. It's like very quick cuts and you never see him full frontal, even in a hockey mask. Right. Until he, he jumps through the window to grab Tommy Jarvis. Like you only see very quick cuts, like almost like jarring cuts of him, even when he's killing things. Well, I mean, this is before Jason was really the star and people were cheering for Jason to kill people. Because that didn't really happen until he comes back in, like, part six. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, even in the first ones, they, especially part two, they still keep him concealed yeah. for a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely, he's definitely not shown as much as you would like him to be at this point in the franchise. They're, because by part four, you would think, we kind of know the deal by now. And, yeah. But they were still kind of doing what they've been doing up to that point. Uh, there's one of the... I give a lot of things a lot of slack, but one of the dumbest scenes in the entire franchise, I realized in it last night, the guy, the guy, the the brother, who seems to be an outdoorsman or whatever, you know, he helps him start the car with his knife, and he has all the gear, he's stalking Jason through the woods, I mean, just right. all around. He's a manly man. Yeah, he's a manly man, and looks to be probably what should have been one of the smartest characters in the entire franchise of any right. film. yeah, yeah. The lights go off back at the Jarvis house, and they're back there, and they're going to go in the basement. Okay. He gives his other weapon to the female, to, to Tommy's sister. I can't remember her name. It I doesn't fucking matter. But, and he walks down the stairs with no flashlight and a little-ass knife, and then it's taking him forever to find what should be the breaker box. I, 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 I just throws all of the things <laughs> they've shown about him out the window. Then she walks down the stairs... He walks back up. Jason jumps through and grabs his leg. He kind of falls or stumbles back down against, like, the tool bench or whatever. It's kind of concealed. Everything's a little concealed here. And Jason comes up, and he's kind of having, like, a struggle with him. But then the guy is yelling, and and she has the machete. She has a machete, the the, um, brother's machete. And she's standing there holding it, just watching this happen on the stairs. And then he just starts yelling, He's killing me. He's killing me. He's killing me. And I, I'm just like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like the two of you, like he's looking directly at her and he's just yelling the same sentence over, like not dying. And she's just standing there. And then eventually she just turns around and slowly walks back up the stairs. Yeah. You think that should be the end of it. Then she doesn't hear Jason. She turns around looking dumbfounded, walks back down the stairs. They show him dead slowly turns back around and walks back up the stairs and Jason grabs her through the stairs. Like, I like idiotic shit, but it's completely fucking stupid. And uh, one of the dumbest scenes, I think, in the entire franchise. And I didn't until last night remember how fucking stupid that was. It made both of them look like they had a half-brain cell between the two of them. One of Miles' favorite films in the franchise, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways. Top I, six. I, 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 well... You have to, you know, I just watched this last night, so I'm, you know... It's, it's very fresh. fresh, yeah. Amazing special effects. I, I think that, I think that maybe, this is my last thought on this until we get to, you know, where you're placing it. I think maybe this is the meanest Friday the 13th film. 
And I think that's why I can't like it. I think I like a little bit of the hokiness and a little bit of the humor and 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 that kind of like camp, like 80s camp, you know, like humor. And this is pretty devoid of it for the most part. I can agree with that. They were really trying to do a serious kind of thing. It and the director Joe Zito did another one of my favorite slashers, The, the Prowler. Prowler. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. I get where he's coming from. I get what he likes to do. I respect it. I understand why some people absolutely love this. I still really like the film. I just, I want to like it more. I can't. I've tried. I've tried for years. It's just, it is what it is, you know? I see. I understand. I was a little passionate there, I know, but I I, I just watched it last night. My number six is Jason X. Wow, all right. Number six. There we go. Right in the middle, that's where I think it needs to be. Um, the most absurd out of the franchise, but unlike Jason Goes to Hell, it's absurd in the best way. It says hockey was outlawed in 2024. I took that note down as I was watching it. I forgot about that. We've got... I forgot they did that. Wow. We've got like another year and a half of hockey miles. Get ready. Christ. I better start fucking... Good thing Clerks 3 is coming out, because that film probably would be fucking... Banned. If That's probably why they're banning band. hockey. As soon as Clerks 3 hits theaters, then we can't have any more fucking hockey. Someone's probably going to become an actual legitimate hockey killer, and that's why it's going to be banned, man. Well, we got a little bit to find out. Um, some things I don't like about Jason X, because the majority of the things I do like, not a fan of his mask. I'm not talking about Uber Jason. I'm talking about when he's Jason Jason. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. mask sucks. Yeah. This has the most kills out of any Friday the 13th film, by far. Would you like to guess how many kills are in didn't, Jason X? Didn't we try to, didn't we try to guess this before, like, when we were, like, a while ago? You looked it up, or were you close to guessing? Or did you count while you were watching it? The well, last while time? I was watching it, there, I can't, because I did a little bit of research to see, so I don't have an exact number. But I'm telling you, it's higher than you think it is. I want to say, but I think I'm mixing up the numbers. I want to say I heard what it was online once, and it was hilarious. Like, I want to say it was around 50, right? Miles, there were over 20,000 kills in Jason X because he blows up a spaceship that's supposed to have oh, an army. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's yeah, supposed yeah, to have, yeah. like, an army on it or some oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. What a legend. Jason, though, I think I, think I read a list, and Jason still had... I think they put an asterisk next to this and talked about that now that you said that. <laughs> but he still has the highest regular body out count of, of it. Out, out of I the mean, main ones. Granted, yeah. he has the biggest films, but he still his body count is like 30 or 40 higher than like everyone else, I think. I don't know like with Michael's new films if that's still accurate, but probably, yeah, up, probably until, right. up until that point, you probably. Think, oh, oh, fuck, I forgot. Halloween, Halloween kills. kills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he might have lost the title last year. Damn it. Um, we need a new Friday the 13th, that's all I'm going to say. Um, it kind of also serves as a best of the Friday the 13th films before the remake. True, true. Um, it recreates several of the kills. There's a punch off the head um, with one of the androids. He punches her head clean off. Right. Um, the sleeping bag kill, of course, with two sleeping bags this time. 
It probably has my favorite kill in the franchise, which we already talked about, which is the the head on the counter. That's pretty fucking... The first time I saw it, I was like, <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that's... Yeah. Um, and the thing I like about it at, is, again, in contrast to Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything that it's not. It's self-aware. It's hilarious. Again, it's got great kills. Uber Jason is a good look. I think the name Uber Jason is pretty stupid. Um, but I think if you're going to put Jason in space, this is the way to do it. It does play up more as an action film. Um, I think the ending is an absolute riot. Um, it's probably the best final fight in a slasher film. Um, when he's, like, fighting the guy, and then Jason's floating through space, like, hovering through the air, and the guy oh intercepts him, God, and they're yeah. plummeting towards Earth, bursting into flames. I was gonna try to fight that, but I st- <laughs> for some reason, I still forgot how insane that ending was. I was gonna try to be like, no, what about Fre- for, uh, Freddy versus Jason? But then I'm, like, started thinking about, like, oh, fuck. Uh, it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Um, I have it as part six because I really can't justify it putting it over some of these other ones. But Jason X is an absolute essential. Like, I would say you watch Jason X before you watch some of the ones in my top part of the list. Like, if you're only going to watch, like, a couple of them. Um, Because some of the ones on my top of the list are more, like, deep cuts. Yeah. Um, But Jason X is, like, an absolute, like, essential. I think that, like modern day kids if they were gonna party and they could like watch it and make fun of what they would consider is old to in the 2000s 2003. yeah like jesus um so that's your six so we're really on to the top five huh we're on to the top five mm, i don't want to i don't want you to see you know as i'm doing this in the uh uh in your collector set, I'm taking them away. So you see what my top five is. Well, process of elimination, I know what, the, yeah, what are yeah, in your top five. All right, five. all right. Well, all right. I guess it doesn't matter. Well, that's about it for this time, guys. I know I led you a little bit astray, but we're actually going to be wrapping up this podcast tomorrow and finalize the Friday the 13th films ranked. We ended up talking for so long, I couldn't possibly fit it in just one episode. So in true Friday the 13th fashion, we're going to be giving you guys a sequel. So make sure you guys tune back in tomorrow as we wrap out the list. But until then, if you guys haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to the show. And with that, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow for another episode of Buddy's House of Horror. Take care and stay spooky.